Good afternoon, everybody. You're now live on the Middleman Radio. This is the Middleman Talk Show. This is Al. This is Kevin. This is Jen. And this is Nick. What's good, people? Oh, don't man. try. Man, don't, don't try me. You better try Jesus. And, yes, uh, sir. Uh, uh, Anthony Hamilton, I need you to cut that out. Uh, I throw hands. Hey, hey it's been a good week, bro. It has been. Well, it's, yeah, it's been a good week. I've had an especially great week. What's going on? Kev, you don't pay attention to like nothing. You don't pay attention to no. nothing. Okay, so I told I... everybody on the show just a few weeks ago that um, that I've been waiting on the results of my African ancestry DNA Test. Oh, and um, yes. just uh, the day before yesterday, I received my results. So I'm going to take some uh, some unplanned time to reveal my results to the world. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, hey. ancestry hereby sir, I, I I don't want to hear. It. This is the time. <laughs> now, this, this, and this is the reason that this is important because this goes into our show, and I'm going to talk about this a little later. Mm-hmm. So African Ancestry certifies that I share maternal genetic ancestry with the Fula or Fulani people living in Guinea-Bissau, the Mende and Timini people living in Sierra Leone, the Pele people living in Liberia, and the Mandinka people living in Senegal. I am having a ridiculous... That's country folks. The Mandinka folks, that's country Kente people. Yep, sure is. Mm-hmm. Sure is. And the Mende people um, in Sierra Leone, if you guys remember the movie Amistad, uh, that is the, mm-hmm. the movie Amistad was based on the Mende people, the Mende people who were uh, taken, uh, they were trying to take them to the Caribbean, and uh, they killed the captain of the ship, turned the ships around, and um, right. they were taken up to New York, and they actually fought and won in the Supreme Court for their freedom and got to go back home. So a lot of proud history there, a lot of proud history there, and oh, yeah. family history that relates to our topic a little later today. But, <clears throat> but yeah, so I'm, I'm having an amazing week right now. Amazing. Hey, amazing. Man, you come man. from Warriors, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't no joke about it. Congratulations. I, I was actually speaking, I was speaking with somebody um, the other day who's also from, uh, who's also uh, Mende from Sierra Leone. And what they were saying is that the uh, Sierra Leonean government is actually mm-hmm. granting dual citizenship to people who have traced their ancestry back to Sierra Leone. So uh, oh, wow. I, I think I'm, I'm going to explore that option. I'm definitely going to explore that option. 
Man, that sounds interesting, man. I, like, I can't wait till you, uh, you know, learn a little bit more, man, and possibly, you know, meet some more people that can give you more information on your history, man. Oh, man, yeah. It's been all love the last few days, man. A lot of people online just been showing love, and they're like, listen, anytime you want to know about, you know, things going on present day or just anything like that, just hit them up. So, like, it, it's it, it's a uh, it's a very freeing feeling. You know, you feel like you get a, a little bit back of, of what was stolen from you. You know what I mean? Right. I feel you. Right. So, yeah, definitely excited That's what's about up, that. Man. I'm happy for you, man. Now we know that you're black, very black. Very black. That's what's up. I don't think that was even a question before, brother, but I got you. (laughs) Man, shout out to Nick, man. Um, But, yeah, definitely, you know, if you guys are, you know, interested in doing that, definitely check out Ancestry.com and go through the steps, man. African Ancestry. Don't go to Ancestry.com. Them the folks that sell your stuff. Don't go. Right. Don't go to Ancestry.com. Go to African Ancestry, my man. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, no mishaps on the middle man talk show. No, <clears throat> right? But uh, <laughs> but uh, we definitely want to thank everybody around. for tuning into the show. And last week we had a great show um, last week as well, um, our home buyer show, where we had a special guest, Mr. Terrence Hill, um, who was a real estate agent in um, the Memphis, Tennessee area. Gave some great, great information, man. A lot of advice on what to do if you want to buy a home, how to get your credit uh, together, and um, how to in- increase the value of your home as well. Right. Yeah. Great. Information. And Alex, if I may say um, to all our listeners out there, if you had, to, if you didn't have the chance to listen to that show, go back to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the middleman and make sure that you click on that link and also share it because our people, you know, we we have a great opportunity right now to get into homes, increase your family value, your your wealth of your family, and generational wealth because right now, Mm -hmm. the rates are very low. If you want to get a house, it's the best time to get your credit together, best time to get your money together, best time to go ahead and get your house. Don't be staying in these people's apartments for 30 years and don't have anything to show for it when they shut it down because it's dilapidated. So, you know, go ahead, make that jump. Don't be scared. Believe me, you. Uh, it, it's a scary experience buying a house, but it is a very, very, very happy experience once you get the opportunity to do it. So um, that's all I had on that. But I'm glad we had that show last week. It was very important. Most definitely, man. So, but uh, we definitely have things planned for you guys um, every month. Where we're doing the uh, American Dream series, where we're going to have something offer for you guys every month in reference to knowledge about you know home buying which we just had uh financial matters health um buying a car things of that nature and so definitely tune in to those shows as well but um hey we got some good today though, right? yeah we do but if i may also man make sure y'all go back and listen to our insurance show uh that was a very in-depth show yeah. every show that we have we're not bringing on random people we are bringing on specialists just to put that out there and on the insurance show, we had two specialists. So please go back and listen to these shows. We have a, we got a lot more to come. We promise you that. Definitely. Yeah. That's all I had, Al. Gotcha, man. Well, hey, we can go ahead and get ready for today's show. I mean, if y'all are ready for today's show. Man, it's going down. <laughs> 
Well, um, thank you for tuning in. So the title of today's show, The Unity Between the Black Men and Women, The Time is Now. Um, we have a quote for you guys, and, I'm, and it goes as, we can't have war between black men and black women because no one can be free if one half of the mind of the people is tied up in conflict. It's going to have, it's going to, have to be both of us or none of us. And that was from Dr. John Henry Clark. And... Um, Empowering quote. Empowering quote. To show the yes. We definitely need yes. both of us. We have to be on the same page. And so mm-hmm. some of the things which we're going to discuss today, you know, we have some questions in which we definitely want to dive into. But if you have questions in relation to the topic, you can definitely get in on this conversation by dialing 387, excuse me, 516-387-1542. You can press the number one on your phone which we can get to. You. But some of the questions in which we're going to tackle today are what are the standards? should we have as black men and women to work together as a collective unit? How much value do we put on the relationships we have with others? And what are some of the ways in which we can strengthen our current relationship as people, such as with our family members, our peers, colleagues, friends, etc.? What can we do to improve the trust towards one, towards one another to ensure that we are doing right by each other? You know, examples like no backstabbing, you know, um, actions against jealousy, things of that nature. Should we as black people demand more positive images of the black women, meaning the black man and woman in the media? And how do we go by to achieve this? Um, How can we change the perception of black women feeling unprotected by black men in today's hostile climate towards our black women? And we all know statistically that, you know, black men and women make less than our white counterparts. But how can we ensure that the finances that we do have generate wealth? Um, also, too, we're going to discuss do joint bank accounts separate or both? Does it work before or after marriage? Um, and also, what steps do we need to take to show the next generation that relationships between a black man and a woman is worth maintaining for a healthy community? So we definitely want to hear your thoughts on those particular questions. But we're going to go ahead and get right to it. As far as the standards, what type of standards should we have as black men and women moving forward, right? Because we got to talk futuristic now. Uh, moving forward as a collective unit, what should we have or what should it be based off of those standards? Hmm. I, I think don't the like first thing. That tone. No, go ahead. Yeah. Set the tone. Alan? Oh, excuse me. I thought you were talking to Nick, but as far as the standard as black men and women in general, excuse me, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> uh, for one, uh, we need to know as far as you know how we're going to be presenting ourselves as a human being, right? Um, what type of um, um, like what type of things in which we want to possess when people look at us and say like are you know this person is a trustworthy hard-working type person but in reference to us being black men and women like we have to be more of a cohesive unit we have to learn to protect each other and listen to each other um i know a lot of times when we're talking sometimes we're talking over each other instead of listening to each other so bringing it back a level to where we can all have a listening ear to, to where we can work with each other um, a lot of times ideas are thrown out 
Um, but a lot of ideas are overlooked because no one is listening. And so I think if we sit back, you know, start listening to each other, um, hear out our thoughts and learn how to work together, I think, you know, that should be part of some standards. And I think, too, to just add on to that, Al, I think a lot of times, and this goes back to mental health, where black people, a lot of us don't believe in counseling, and I think that counseling is important. A lot of people need to learn how to talk to each other. You don't know how to talk to whether it's friends or family or your significant other. A lot of times you have to go to the root of the problem, and the root of the problem is a lot of times we don't have examples of how to communicate properly, and that adds to a lot of our problems as well. There are a lot of ways where people have to go back and learn how to communicate with each other. Right. I mean, also I, I too, think like, like, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think, the, and, and it kind of encompasses what both of you are saying. Um, I think the first thing that we need to 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 recognize is we got to get out of the mentality of saying it ain't my problem. If your mm-hmm. if your brother, your sister, and I mean that in the literal and figurative sense, is having an issue, then you know we are naturally a communal people. It's not just a situation where it's just your problem. I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I was going through, you know, a lot of personal stuff, and I didn't want to talk to anybody about it, you know, because you don't want to lay your problems on anybody. But I can tell you one person that no matter what, whether it was via Facebook Messenger, text, or call, always was like, hey, what's going on? Man, whatever it is, just lay it on me. And that was Kevin. Right. You know, it was never a situation where it was, oh, okay, well, you're going through this, so that ain't my problem. Or you see something happen to somebody in the street, oh, man, that ain't my problem. No, we, we are communal people. If we're going to have unity, unity doesn't mean uniformity, so we don't all have to be the same, but mm-hmm. there is such a thing as unity amongst us, and we have to we have to have that be our, a second nature, that it's like, no, if this is a problem, if it's something that I can help with, if it's something, even if I'm just a listening ear, then I'll be there for right. my brother or my sister. <clears throat> right. And I also feel like, you know, like we have to understand what support means and how to give support. Um, because I know, like, like, let's just take, for instance, when Kanye, you know, this past week was on stage, he said a few things that, you know, raised a few eyebrows, right? So we had the jokes, right? And then we also had the level of support. But some of the jokes were, like, really hard. Like, some people were, like, letting Kanye go. And so I feel like, in that particular standpoint, like, Kanye needs support, additional support, you know, outside of you know the the realm of what he's well of what we thought he was getting. You know, like we thought, you know, Kanye just being Kanye. Now Kanye needs more support. You know, like to make sure that he, he is thinking properly. I guess, but that's just an example. You know about how you know we could put each other down instead of lifting each other up. So and I think you know from that standpoint, like we need to support each other a little bit more and make sure that we're giving the proper advice. You know, to those when that advice is needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree with you, man. I agree with all y'all, man. Support is definitely one of the factors that we definitely need more of in our community because our children right now are watching, and uh, we are in a different time right now. Uh, some of the things that our parents knew and, and they also operated under, um, I think that we need to make sure that we kind of revisit some of the things that were successful in our community at a particular time. 
Um, I understand mm-hmm. it is a new day, uh, but there's some things that are old, they don't never go away. Uh, they don't never change. Uh, those things that work, we need to implement them and get back to it. But um, with, with our relationships right now, man, it's, it's more so like uh, with black men and black women, um, we're looking at more people becoming more eye-driven, selfish. Um, mm. just, just my humble opinion. And, and I mm. think that's one thing we need to get away from, even in our community. Uh, the thing is, it's, it's not even our community no more. You know, it's just a community. Not even really right. that. But it's more so if, if we want to grow as a unit and unify, um, be it in relationships from a personal level or spiritual level, whatever the case may be, we're going to mm-hmm. have to come together because I, I would say in the next couple of years or so, the tone has already been set uh, to kind of push us apart and keep pushing us apart till we don't have right. the foundation to stand to build that family. So that's mm-hmm. one thing I was looking at. Well, you know, I also think that leads into the next question as far as the value that we put on the relationships that we have with others. Uh, because we have to look at the amount of people that you know, right, and the amount of resources each person has that you may know of that particular person. But we also look at the standpoint of, you know, we have people who are acquaintances, we have people who are friends, we have people who just know, right? But how much value right. do we actually put on those type of relationships? Because, you know, like the old saying goes, like you never know who may help you, right? You never know who may open That's the door true. for you. And so, like, are we really – you know, valuing the relationships that we have with the people that we know. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, yeah real time. <clears throat> Go ahead, Nick. Well, I was just going to say, I think one of the ways that we value, I think sometimes we undervalue, but then I also think that sometimes we overvalue. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is, you know, we talk a lot about, and we've talked about on the show, you know, in terms of, um, Men being mentors in the community and, and women being mentors right. as well, but that doesn't always mean that just because you are as, as a man, if you are a mentor to that child, that you got to be messing around with the mama. It shouldn't be conditional like that. And, and the same will go for Correct. women. You don't have to, you know, every man in that child's life does not have to be somebody that you're romantically linked with. I think that's a mistake that we, uh, I, I think that both men and women make when it comes mm-hmm. to that. Sometimes it's just a situation where it's like, listen, this is not conditional. I really want to see this young man or this young woman prosper. And there may be two parents in the household. There may be one parent in the household. But, you know, I'm going to do my part no matter how little or how big it is without putting any conditions on it. Because all it does is drag the child through uh, uh, instability, which leads to the next generation of black men and black women not having that sense of unity. You know, so I think uh, a lot of times when we talk about these things, we talk about it more mm-hmm. from a relationship standpoint, and not just a a general friendship, communal. We are in this together. We I don't have right. to be unified. I don't have to sleep with this black woman in order for us to be unified. And, and mm-hmm. I think once we start doing that, when we get out mm-hmm. of that mentality, I think that you will see a change in a lot because. Our children will start to see more stable relationships. Period. Not just romantic, platonic, business, uh, right. you know, relationships across the board. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a big part that's missed out a lot of times. Now, Nick, I, I agree with you. Now, how, how can we change that mindset? Because normally, when people, you know, it's a perception in our community that if a man go help a wife, a woman, you know, he's trying to sleep with her or 
you know, um, if he's trying to do well for a female, is always in his mind. He's thinking it's always in his mind to sleep with that woman. How can we change that narrative where, and, and I, don't get me wrong, now sometimes that may be the case. You know what I'm saying? That may be the case. He may be thinking with the low-end theory. But at the end of the day, what, what can we do as a community uh, mm-hmm. to change that whole perception of a brother going to help out? Because, like, I know you have people that mentor, like you just said. You have a lot of men that want to see what the little girls and the boys do well and mentor, but how can he get beyond that perception of, oh, man, look at him. He just want, he just want them draws. Well, I think the first thing is, and, and I can't speak because I'm not a woman, so I can't speak to the mentality of a woman. Uh, but as a man, at least in our mentality, what I can say is if your thought and intention is to help that child, you got a tunnel vision on that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying yep. that a relationship can't develop. I'm not saying that it's wrong for a relationship doesn't develop. But if you're trying to help this child, you see the mom, you're like, oh, man, she bad, she this, she that. But you, you got a tunnel vision. Your intentions are like, wrong. It's, Mm-hmm. You're exactly. You're, you have to check your intentions from the very beginning. I personally don't it's think correct. it's a situation where, in a romantic sense, if, if you're dealing with someone romantically, I personally don't believe that the children should be uh, involved in the in, in, in the first few stages of that anyway, because of the fact that while you may be able to handle some of the emotional toil that comes along with with that, that child can't. Children get attached mm-hmm. So if you're going to help the child Or you're going to help that person Help that person And don't have ulterior motives behind it If you know that's your intention Make your intentions known from the beginning So that there's no confusion in it I agree right. And uh, hey uh, y'all The phone lines are open If you would like to get in this conversation The number is 516-387-1542 Press that number one We'll bring you in uh, It seems like right now we got a caller from Arizona Our guy Smitty What's going on brother? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Man, yes, sir. perfectly. All right, all right, man. Uh, let me hit the button real quick. And there we go. All right, I'm turn my volume up. Yeah, I listened to something like guys got finished, like taking care of stuff. But like when it comes to mentoring, I think like not just mentoring, but I think what our, in our community, problem is we gotta be honest with each other, honest with each other about the decisions that we make, and. Some certain decisions mm. affect men and women differently. Like, I heard y'all talk about mentoring first off, right? You know, right. it's like, right. uh, I want people, you know, don't think I'm about to say the wrong way. I know we sound callous on this. We got to stop having to pay on complete, holding complete strangers more accountable for the upbringing of these kids than the parents. And the reason I say that is, ladies, y'all get mad at me for saying this. The most important decision you make is a man you lay down with. Because if you mess up and choose the wrong guy laid out with, look how much tougher it is. And, uh, and, you know, a man just pays child support, she's stuck with the kid, and that worrying trying to find that male influence. But I do think one thing is that we got to stop letting white media cloud what we feel of each other. Stop letting white media and shape butter Twitter say black men don't protect black women when folks don't even know what protection means. I, I, I say this, I know you guys got a short show. I think I think every guy except me is married. You know, uh, I'm still sowing yeah. my wild oats. You know, sorry, but uh, <laughs> no, you know, no, hey, I'm 41. I ain't got no I ain't got no kids or nothing. I'm good. You know, but uh, like protection. I, I use my ex as an example, right? If if okay. she has a flat tire, I change it. If she needs air to tire, I do that. 
if like she needs to go take, get oil change and stuff, I go with her so they don't take advantage of her. You know, she like me and these women with a hey, she drives the tires to like a ball like Michael Jordan. So he you know, you gotta go with mm. her. But also it's like not taking her to a wrong place. If you see that area it look kinda rough, you don't take her there. It's all kind of things that protect you, it's not fighting. And I think people is but what happens is a lot of men and even financially protecting, right? Even that as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot mm-hmm. of but, but a lot of dudes don't do that with any fanfare. There's no ticket tape parade. It's just like, hey, if you're short on the money on the rent, I got you, babe. So you don't have to worry about doing anything crazy, working any crazy hours, things like that. And I just think that we got to stop letting this white media, letting these, uh, you know, these feminists and all these people here tell us those things. And I, I just, I, you know, because, because I'm going to be honest, we all we got, man. And, uh, and yeah. I'll say this one last thing. Boy, Steph white media. It's like when Trump became president, right? They try to show the stats of black men that come out, even though black men voted for Hillary at a higher clip than anyone besides black women. But they want to make it like that. We the ones that put Trump in office. If they don't look at the white yeah. people, white women, and Latinos. And so the, and, and they keep being successful with it. But, hey, uh, that's all I got, guys. And I'll chime in if I got something else. Hey, Smitty, we're going to have to get you a single and free, single and free show for Smitty. Because, Smitty, all our callers out there, they know you're single now. You ain't got no kids. Hey, if y'all looking for a man, we might have to set Smitty up. Smitty is all. I know how to cook, too. I know how to cook, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Smingles.com. <laughs> I got. I have some girlfriends. I have some girlfriends. I can. I can introduce him to. Jen, your girlfriends make bad decisions. They pay ten thousand dollars to somebody to tell them that they can't get a man. Correct. And I say that in jest, but I do have to push back on one because you know Smith is usually spot on. I do have to push back on one thing. I get it about it being the most important decision. You know what man you lay with, but mm-hmm. that would be saying that you know. People are should be devoid of mistakes. It happens. Plus, let's be honest, fellas. We put up a hell of a good screensaver a lot of times before they really get behind that and see what happens. I mean, there there's accountability on both ends of that. It, it, it really ends, is. Yeah. And I, I understand that because you have to think about it. When it comes to the kids, you know, it, it, it usually does fall upon the woman, you know. And, and, and some of that is societal. Some of that is government sponsored some of that is self-inflicted but it doesn't change the fact i mean people people make mistakes and so i think one of the things that it happens you know when it comes to relationships among black folks you know particularly in romantic relationships we don't acknowledge that that look you know this this may have been a mistake or i may have made a mistake i made an error in judgment okay how do we fix it how do we move on but that still doesn't mean that we should not, uh, and I'm not, I don't, I'm, I don't think that Smitty is saying that we should. We should not, you know, dismiss that person simply because they they've made an error in judgment about somebody that they thought that they should lay down with. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. lot of times, let's admit this: a lot of times that people can be unintentional unintentionally predatory. And I say this like a lot of women are looking for their knight in shining armor and a lot of men are happy to oblige that. Um, you know, a lot of women who have PS uh how you say post traumatic stress disorder from bad relationships often look for this knight in shining armor to come and be this 
way to lift this burden off of them. And, 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 you know, a guy sometimes wants to slip into that role and that doesn't necessarily make the best chemistry for a good and healthy relationship. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of times that happens too. Well, how can we strengthen, you know, those type of relationships? Because like when you think about the value of what, well, I don't want to just put sex on the spectrum as far as like value, right? But like when we think about different scenarios where like I guess you would say one night stands and the person never hear from the person again, like how much effect does that have on the like the next person choosing that particular next relationship or what type of person that you know young lady or young man choose to have a relationship with based off that particular experience? So how can we strengthen that? Like how can we? You know, what are things in which we can teach them, you know, about having appropriate relationships with people? Building trust in that first 90 days that all of y'all laughed at and said that I was crazy because I said you should wait 90 days and and you should build the trust in that period in time. Again, I don't agree with that. I'm sorry. Here's the thing about it. Here's the thing. If somebody has predatory intent for you on day one, they're going to have predatory intent for you on day 90. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. If somebody is out, look, man, we done seen dudes and, and, and women catfish whole other families. They got a whole other yep. family <laughs> in the next state, across town, whatever the case may be. Like, it, I'm sorry that it, when you put a finite time on anything, then what that does is the predatory people, men and women, they just adjust their timeline. That's it. Yeah. They just they just adjust yeah. their timeline. And I use this as an example constantly. My old pastor in Montgomery, he and his wife met, were engaged, and married within a month of meeting with each other, and were married for thirty years. You cannot just put a finite time on something like that. The one thing we got to do is we got to start having open and honest conversations. Listen, if this mm-hmm. is just going to be a one-night stand, then that's just what it is. We grown. We grown. Well, be I, honest. Nick, I want to say this. I, I agree with you. I want to say this now. As far as, like, with the future of our, our children, because, I mean, right now, let's be honest. It, I ain't going to say it's over for us, but we've lived Damn. life. The average person, I'm, I'm just keeping it real. The average person old, lives man. to be about been. 70 years old. But I'm just saying, the average person lives between 70, 78, 35, middle-aged. Let's, let's deal with it. But with these children, even though, you know, sex is a big part of a relationship, um, and that's a starting point on a lot of relationships sometimes, which is, I don't think it should be, but it is. I think for us to have future healthy relationship with our children, we need to be a little bit more open. And I know Jen can be shocked when I say this. But, yes, we need to have more open conversation about sex and normalize it to the point where our children understand and not making it so uh, disgusting or, or taboo or nasty or whatever the case may be and let them understand or the of what it is. Right. Yeah, and, what not, and, and oh. also, you know, they're making it a conquest, like, because sex is not a conquest. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, right, exactly. we don't need to do that. Because at, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, when we get to a certain point and we move on in life, our children, you know, we want to see this unity in our community. We want to see where mm-hmm. the black man can revere the black woman and the black woman can revere the black man. And we don't Correct. want them to look at each other because a lot of our relationships now are torn down because of sexual relationships, of, mm-hmm. because of misunderstanding, 
because of mistrust. Mm-hmm. You can't trust that person yep. when they run over your dog yeah. And then we, as a people, we'll look and point at each other and say, well, it's your fault that uh, um, I'm this way towards men, or it's your fault that I'm this way towards women. Now, Jen, I agree with you, too. We do need to sit down and have a mental evaluation of our people. We need to have a a, a sit down on that couch and, and start talking about our problems, getting these things out and build trust. Because even within our families, we can't even trust our families half the time because of simple things that gone on, that gone wrong beforehand. Well, but I, but I, I, I agree with you, Kevin, but don't you agree that a lot of children now have trouble communicating, that we, we don't even teach our children how to communicate with social media, with, uh, you know, they, they mm. don't really interact with each other. And so they but don't Jen, even have core communication skills. Jen, that started before. When we talk about communication, let's be honest, that started pre-social media because... Your, your first real forms of communication start in the home, and it's so much, and particularly in the South, I know, particularly in the South, you know, we've all heard this uh, this phrase, little children are to be seen and not heard. Not to be heard. This, this, this predates social media in a big way. Mm-hmm. We Our children don't know how to communicate because the people that they spend the most time with do not communicate with them. Because if it is a subject that we're uncomfortable talking about, we'll tell, you need to stay in a child's place. You don't need to be talking about that. Well, guess what? They're talking about it at school. Nick, just, Nick, I agree with you, man, and, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but, Nick, I'm just saying, brother, we have to change those things within ourselves in our relationships with the people that we deal with. Because yeah. when you look at yourself and you realize all the things that, that you were taught wrong, and when you get to a certain point in life, you're like, man, I, I, I see that that was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Just to, 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 to show them this is the right way how to react and act to these situations. We need to work on that as a people. Because when you look at the combination of that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, whatever the combination may be, for them to be able to be strong and strengthened, they have to be able, and you just said it perfectly, communicate. I understand the lack thereof of this generation. It's on us to take them phones out their hand, like when you're at the table, sit down and talk to them, or maybe walk up and talk to them, mm-hmm. talk to people. People don't even talk to each other no more. We can't look but at can each I other be honest with you, no Ken, more. We also right. have to meet. We also have to meet the children where they are. Where they are. If your child is on the phone, okay. there's something on there that they're interested in. Why don't you start with talking to them about that? And if you don't understand it. Go and learn it. There's stuff that my oldest daughter talks to me about all the time that I just, quite frankly, don't get. But you know what? I know there may come a time in life where she don't want to talk to daddy like that. So whenever she opens her mouth to talk about these things that she's interested in, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen. And we're going to have an open, frank, and honest conversation to the point I get criticism a lot of times because people tell me that I'm too open and too liberal with my daughter. But the one thing I can rest assured, if she wants to ask me about something, she's going to ask me about it because she knows that I'm going to give her the real information about it. It's going to be unfiltered at times. It may be a little rough, but one thing she knows is when it comes to me, what she sees is what she gets. And she does not have to question whether I'm telling her something that is accurate or at least not from the heart and not genuine. Right. And, I, and so we got to – it's not just about taking – because here's the thing. You take that phone out that child's that hand, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to shut down. That's the yeah. first thing they're well, going to do. Maybe I, maybe I stated that wrong. Maybe I stated that wrong. More so like, like you said, give them a reason 
to put it down to talk to you. Maybe that's the best ver- I mean, verbiage to use for that situation. Both of y'all, both of y'all yeah. are correct. You know, I think it depends on you know the situations. But yes, like that's how you you continue to build that trust because you want your kids to be able to come and talk to you about anything. You know, like we all mm-hmm. see you know crazy stuff on TV, right? And some kids think that they can do that in real life too. Um, but you know, we want them to be able to you know say what their thoughts and feelings are because you know we don't want them to shut down. And then next thing you know, like they're shutting down you know with us. And they're getting advice from, you know, people that may or may not give them the proper advice in which they need. And so, you know, yeah. that's how they get screwed up on sex. Let's be honest. Little boys, some of the first some of the first interactions that mm-hmm. we ha- have as little boys is, is, is when it comes to sex is watching porn. And, and Jen, yeah. correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong. If it's not watching porn, majority for our young girls, they're talking to each other. And it's like the blind leading the blind. And if you set the principle, yeah. if, you're, if, if as a boy your first exposure to sex is watching porn, then you have set the trend for so much misogyny in your life. Mm-hmm. Just simply how people are portrayed in, in, in porn scenes. That <laughs> you, you're starting off bad. You're, you're starting off bad. She's listening to her friend and, and then y'all have two very different ideologies of yep. what sex is supposed to be and then when it happens and it's not that way for either one of you then it's like oh okay and because neither one of you are talking to your parents about it because your parents are too damn shy to talk about it now it's just a bunch mm-hmm. of misinformation that carries into adulthood That's correct. and by the time you hit your mid-age by the time you're in your 30s and you finally figured out that you know what you're what? doing is wrong uh, then, then it's a little too late <laughs> <laughs> well, I see our man Smitty has another uh, comment. He wants to get back in. That's very good. Smitty from Arizona. All right. Uh, man, you know what? I think what happens is <laughs> in our communities is that even like what I was saying earlier, let me clarify. I ain't talking about the snakes in the grass. I'm talking about the obvious. If you got five baby mamas, maybe baby girl, you shouldn't talk to that dude. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And I got doing my family. They still getting women. And they still complain about it. But anyway, and so I'm talking about the obvious, you know. Dude ain't I knew working. You were coming back. Dude ain't. Yeah, dude didn't want to work. Dude don't want to do nothing for himself. I got a friend of mine like that, right? She got caught up with a guy. The dude had no job when he met her. When she met him, had no place of his own when she met him, and mad about him not doing that. And I was like, well, but I think that's a part of us having a conversation, honest conversation yeah. with our kids. Because I don't believe mm-hmm. a mistake sometimes. A mistake is dropping a, a, a glass of milk on the waste of glass of milk on the sink. A choice is a choice. And I think that part sure. of the problem is male and female parents don't want to be honest about the piss poor choice they made. It's okay. That's water mm. under the bridge. Smitty. But being upfront Smitty, and you, honest Smitty. about it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, well, Go ahead. Well, Go what I was saying with that. If you if the parent is honest about say hey I love you I made a bad choice whatever but this is how you can learn from this we don't have those conversations because it seems like we're always wanting to be in the right it's it's like kids sometimes they need to see the truth it's like even a mentor I waited till I got my IT certification before I started telling young black males about getting into IT because what's the point of me telling them if I got nothing to show them. Because these, mm. these kids have been told everything. Hey, go to school. Get a good job. Read a Bible. Do whatever. But it's nothing tangible. So we also got to show these kids tangible stuff 
at the same time as being honest with them. Because maybe, just maybe, just maybe, many of these black people growing up had crap parents, had crap parenting, where your parents beat you before you ask any questions. Maybe that what happened, what they did then will not trans, will I translate now. And I just think that we have to be super honest with mm-hmm. ourselves with what we they say bad choices. But hey, I made bad choices coming up, you know. But I always tell mm-hmm. my younger cousins, hey, don't do this. I made that choice. This is what happens when you make that choice. And I said this one last thing. Well, my mom had me, my sister, she talked to us about sex before our dad did. My mom straight up said, look, child support sucks. <laughs> our dad paid child support. She was like, look, <laughs> it's, what you, it's what coming out of your check. And you're 16, you're 16 years old in a couple of years. How are you going to pay for that work at the grocery store? And it's like, slow, it slows down your life. Where you try and like do something in your life, you don't have that chance. Like you, you may do it, but it's tougher. We want to romanticize everything, make it like just because I did it. You remember that uh, that new edition documentary where Ralph Trent said yeah. my mama had a baby at 15 and I turned out okay. Mm-hmm. We don't. We need to say, mm-hmm. hey, it's hard. I love you, but it's hard. Right. We we need to be honest right. about that so our kids don't think it's romanticized. They think, okay, I can do that. And that's, that's all right. I got, man. I enjoy y'all conversations, man. Uh, right. hey, he's going to run away when I got a question. You know? Yeah. Hey, we appreciate you, Smith. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you still in Montgomery. Simply Southern on me, my brother. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there later on this year. He told you. Hey, um, hey but, y'all, but, but y'all take it easy. And, and, and to the lady who got the friends, hey. If they got more kids than fingers, I can't talk to them. If they hate their baby dad, I can't talk to them. But hey, y'all, y'all have a great day. Wow. <laughs> wow. More kids than fingers. Damn. The phone lines are open if you would like to get in on this conversation. Wow. Dial 516-387-1542. Press the number one on your phone. Oh, my God. Hey, before we move on, man. Hey, before we move on, man, I had I just had one thing, one, one interjection I had with Schmitty, man. I, I just wanted to say, man, as far as with us being honest with our kids, pride is gonna come into that. Most parents don't want to tell their children that they messed up. I don't know a I don't know an adult that really want to tell the children, hey, uh, pride you is a big killer in the LAPD, brother. Hey, I, I understand, brother. I understand, but I'm just telling you, man. I know it's, it's worth the growth of that child, but ain't no parent gonna want to sit there and say, "Man, you, 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 you know, uh, your mama was a one night stand, or your daddy was just a a a a a, a, a little uh, John for me." I, I don't know if that's proper. Kev, Kev, I'm telling you, right? I, I get what you're saying. But to me, and I, I tell I, the reason I am that way with particularly with my oldest daughter, and I've told her this before. I don't want you to meet a dude like I was at fifteen. So you need to know what the hell to look for. Nick, <laughs> you was a good kid though. I was not a good kid, brother. Nick, you <laughs> I was a very a upstanding kid. person. Man, you ain't meet me till I was 26. I was a hoe, <laughs> and it was it was just it was no getting around it, you know. Yeah, I definitely get that. I think we got uh we got a couple of callers that would like to get into the conversation. Al, uh, who we got out there, man? Yeah, let's go ahead and get our caller uh, derailed. All right. Oh, I think I hit the wrong one. 
All right, my ahead, um, Yeah, brother, what's going on with you, man? Not much, man. Uh, I'm gonna have to talk about what you just were saying about pride. Yeah, a lot of a lot of folks do have pride, but the thing is that a lot of us that want our kids to do better, like I will tell you, I was 24 when I had my first child. I was in the army. I was mm-hmm. gonna get out and head to Florida to go to full sale. But when my son mother knocked on my door and told me she was pregnant, I said, and I said this, I said, damn, I didn't want no kids. Mm. And and I told my son this, but I told my son this because I told him so that he, when, when I, I started talking to my kids about sex, I had to remember when I was at Union Academy on recess, chasing the little girls around, they touching on us and we touching on them. So I said, okay, during that time, we didn't have social media. We didn't have, um, you know, cell phones and stuff like that. So I talked to my kids about sex way when they was in elementary because I know I was in elementary when I started thinking about sex. Um, the mm-hmm. thing is, and I, you know, I married my daughter's mother, but I didn't marry my son's mother. But I had custody mm. of my So a lot of things that I didn't want him him or my daughter to make the same mistakes I made growing up. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and talked to them. The mentorship, a lot of things, you know, that I did, you know, me being in the Army for 22 years, I ended up finding myself going to these schools, uh, especially when my son, I go to his school and I talk to the little kids there because, you know, it's not that um, it's, it's not that there's not a lot of mentors it's just sometimes some kids just don't want to listen to you or a yes, parent sir. don't want to say nothing to their kids because i yeah. know growing up if i go down the street and do something wrong i'm getting chastised getting whooped all the way till i got home and got another by one. everybody in the neighborhood <laughs> yep that's right mm-hmm. so, so now it's to a point where you see kids doing wrong you know, it's a kid that stay down the street. His mom is a school teacher. His daddy, um, a basketball coach for one of these little high schools. I think over here in Ellenwood, um, mm-hmm. they youngest son is terrible. He cussed me out. I told him, "Hey man, um, wow." I said, "McGrath." He said, "F you." And so I told him just mm. like this. I said, Look, he, he cussed me out, and then I said, "Hey, check this out here." I said, "I ain't gonna put my hands on you. Go get your mom and dad. I'm gonna whoop them." No, <laughs> because you want to see these kids do do good, but some of these parents don't right. want you to to discipline their kids. They right. feel like, well, you know, like I will tell you, I got whooped with extension cords, switches, brooms, your name it, belt. I got that whooping, but then I had to trust me when I was getting them. I felt I didn't deserve. It. But as I got older. And I and you can you understand. Like I said those some mm-hmm. were some well deserved ass whooping. Well, you and understand that. My... So I, I, so I agree with of... you, man. I think I think that's a big part in our community where, um, you know, we the whole thing about when you were young and you used to get, you know, disciplined by everybody that probably knew your parents. It was a trust factor in there that we don't have in our community yep. no more because. Let's be real, man. Somebody might try to beat the skin off your kids sometimes nowadays. And it may do more harm to them than, 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 than that good. But to even just talk to them and try to get them to understand 
like 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 my co co-host said, meet them on their level. But I know these kids now, man, they're a little bit different. Um, but we got to figure out a way because if we don't, it's gonna be really bad in maybe about twenty years from now because the children that we're looking at now, uh, they the future. They the next upcoming thing, and the children behind them. And if we don't have a proper uh, stage set for them, man, we're gonna have a problem as a people. Period. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's your kids, kids, and kids. And let's be honest, some of this ties into our last show about home ownership because a lot of times we don't even know our neighbors. See, we grew up with the right. people, even if they were renting, these were longtime people that had invested into the neighborhood. There were, it, it was a sense, it was community, it wasn't just a neighborhood. So I, I think that's another part uh, that, that, that is a, a missing component. Yeah. Yeah, but I also think that yeah, he ahead, touched on a very valid point where he talked about, you know, he he was honest with his son about not wanting children. I think that a lot of times we wait till later in life where we realize that our parents are just merely adults trying to figure this thing out. And if we were honest mm-hmm. and reveal that part of ourselves very early on with our children, I think we do have better results. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, let's let's bring in our next caller, uh, John and Rob from Atlanta, Georgia. All right. Hey, what's going Live on? on the Middleman Talk Show. Hey. Hey, thank you, thank you. To, to sort of piggyback on what the young lady was saying about uh, waiting a little bit a uh, while longer now. Um, first of all, I'm about to say that. Uh, I have a special uh, 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 affection for one of your hosts, and he knows who he is, and I'm not going to say his name, Alan. <laughs> so, and, and he'll understand, I married his aunt, Rob, and the situation with us is that we're way older, and we don't have any children of our own. When we got married, neither one of us had children coming into the relationship. Yes, we wanted some, but as time passed on, you know, I think we found out there was a little bit more fun chasing each other around the house than it was chasing a little one around the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll tell you on that, brother. Now, yeah, because it could be a little, having that conversation in the middle of the night when mommy and daddy have a special time, and you feel a little hand on your behind, be like, hold on, this almost supposed to be two of us in here. And you got to say, <laughs> you know, you don't want to have to, you know, explain that. Now, in the same breath, we have nieces and nephews, great nieces and great nephews that we love dearly. And we love these children. And for us, that's sort of the place. The, the the natural children that we would have had. So I mean, we enjoy all of the benefits of of, of, of seeing and talking and uh, experiencing the birthdays and celebrating birthdays and, and holidays and stuff without having the actual response. Well, I'm not going to say responsibility because we're still responsible. Everybody needs to make that uh, clearly understood. We are responsible, even though we're not that direct parents. Right. So, you 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 know you you bring up a good comment there. You know, as far as 
the extended, you know, family also being responsible for the children in the family as well, too. Um, it's how can we bring that back? Like, what are some um, suggestions in which you guys could give us to bring that back? Because I think, you know, from the standpoint that we may have now, like some people feel like, you know, yeah, I got nieces and nephews, but they ain't my problem, you know, or don't, you know, actually have a relationship with them. So how can we improve that? Well, one of the ways to improve that is we need to, and I'm going to take a page out of uh, my parents, and I know everybody does it, but we need to go back to start having family reunions and not just have mm-hmm. a family re- reunion on a weekend out of the year. It should be a family mm-hmm. reunion that occurs monthly or weekly. Everywhere from now, and now we have the technology that we can actually do that. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard for family members from all over the country to get together and come to one place at one time. Now it can be done. A little technology. Now, yeah. that might be a challenge for some of our older fam- family members, but that's what the young ones are for. Kate and the Harmony teach me something. Every time I pick up the phone to call them, I call them when I need to know something. How to work up. <laughs> hey, Kate, how do we do Zoom? Oh, Uncle John, do this, 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 and this. And I'm sitting here listening to this nine-year-old uh, baby teach a 50-some-year-old man how to work an application. I'm like, man, yep. thank you, Father. Just thank you, Father. So, but to get back to it, we need stuff like that. And here's another part that I don't think that people really can understand. And we're, we're really facing it now and seeing it now. We have gotten to be less hands-on and less personal. Everybody, we're using technology. Technology is great. But there's something that can be said for seeing a person face-to-face and looking them dead in the eye and holding a conversation with them. You need to see Mm -hmm. their facial expressions in person. You need to feel their breath. If it's hot or if it's cold, you still need to feel it. You need to see what they're saying with their eyes, the expressions. Sometimes you can't do that with a phone call. You can't do that with even uh, the cameras on the the modern-day technology. You need to be in person to see Big Mama and see and hold her hand and let her tell you the family history. Baby, the reason why my hands are this way is because I used to be out, had to get up every morning before school and pick some cotton. I can go back that far. I don't know if you, your younger brothers can. <laughs> I can go back that far with some of my, some of my folks. I got some still hanging around who just have to get up early in the morning. You know that old story? I used to walk 25 miles in the snow just to go to school. Yeah, I hear them stories (laughs) often, but it was the truth. And when I would go down, we would see it. They would take Mm -hmm. you through the trail. This is how we used to go. It would take us down to the home, to the old home house. So we need more of that, that, that tactic connection. Also, mm-hmm. especially when dealing with our I, kids. Yeah, I agree. Special. I agree, and that's a and that's a great way to you know bridge the gap. You know, from young to old. You know, the example that you just gave with, you know, you know my nephew showing how to utilize an application that you didn't know how to utilize. I mean, that's a form of you know him knowing something that you didn't know. That's bridging the gap. And so I think yes, we definitely need to get back into doing that, sharing those stories, and having those more personable. Um, 
relationships as well. So um, let's bring in our next caller, uh, Bill from Hear Me Out. I know he's been waiting as well. Uncle John, Unrod, we definitely appreciate your comments. But just hang on with us. You may have something else to say. Who sure will? Bill, you're not live on the Little Man's Talk Show. Okay, how's everybody doing? Pretty good. What's up, Bill? That's up, that's what's up. I I just wanted to piggyback really off of what the last caller just said. Uh, I think somebody Mm -hmm. uh, posed a question earlier about uh, how can we address uh, the issue uh, of, you know, trying to build the relationship. And I definitely think that uh, one being the communication, just like the last caller just stated, I mean, Al, you just stated it as well, of how we're using uh, technology to uh, bridge the gaps between, you know, an older generation and a younger generation. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, people people of my, I guess, I don't want to say generation because, I mean, I'm not too far from these, these millennials now with these new millennials. Like, I know they eat pies and stuff, but still, like, I, I know, like, they're still in my group. But the fact is, is that, these these are these these people here are were, were told at one point that uh you know well you'll never get nowhere being on social media. I mean now you got people that's that's on social media that's making a million dollars you know uh, you Correct. know years mm-hmm. you know and so mm-hmm. I mean you know I think I think that uh, definitely is a way uh, uh definitely a way for us to to bridge this gap is one open the communication up. Uh, two, we have to be open-minded, I'm, and I'm I'm not saying that just from the for the older generation. I'm saying that for the younger generation as well, because we have to get that knowledge from them. We have to be able to to uh, to I, I want to say avoid situations because we have those people that's been through that. And then I also think that man, we just have to be able to co uh, to co live with one another as well. Like I, I understand, I said being open-minded. But co-living together means that we have to be able to understand that we're going to have differences, we're, and, and that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's okay. But we always can come together at the end of the day. And just being like, you know, those people in the neighborhood, that you get a, you do something to one end of the street, you get a whooping all the way to the other end of the street. I mean, I would like for stuff to be back like that. I mean, I was playing as a child once before. Uh, I had an accident. Some My neighbor, my mom ran to the grocery store, but my neighbor took me to the hospital. I mean, nowadays, I mean, you don't, I, I don't hear too many stories like that. I mean, every now and then you do. But I just think that us being open-minded, being uh, being able to co-live with one another, and then as well as uh, increasing our ways of communication. I mean, like, like the last caller just said, technology has get, given us the ability to connect with one another at such a faster right. rate now. I, I think we should be using this as times to be having family reunions or talking to people, getting these stories so you can know and you can pass this history down. So, yeah, that's how I feel. Man, I, we definitely appreciate that comment, Bill. I mean, that, I mean, you know, the, the way in which we're, you know, going now, you know, technology is going to be another mechanism that we, you know, it's just a part of life now. And so, um, you know, now we have to find more ways to utilize what we have to continue to bid on those relationships and stuff. So, um, yeah. but the next question that we definitely want to talk about is um, how can we change the perception of our black women feeling unprotected by black men in today's hostile climate? Um, you know, I know we. Perfect. Um, yeah. At, at, Simple at, at, at all costs. I mean, <laughs> um, but we need protection too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, 
black men, we need protection well, too. Like we need our women to protect us too. I mean, like when things happen, well, just like they, Al, look, black correct. women been protecting yeah. black men. Yeah. Pre-transatlantic slave trade forever. That, that, that is true. Forever, Al. That is true. Forever. That is true. But but uh-huh. we have shows like Love and Hip Hop that show some different. You know what I'm saying? So well, I and mean, we have a group of people who believe in living living that type of lifestyle too. So that's well, what that I mean about media, which is our next topic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So you know what? I, 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 you know one thing, man. Y'all know but one thing, though. I mean, when you think about it, with our sisters. But I'm just saying, man, with our sisters, man, realistically, it's been a very hostile environment for them for the last past 10 years. Well, less than a little bit, uh, little bit close to 10 years. And it has gotten worse mm-hmm. under this administration that we have right now because of the verbiage and the language that they're putting out there. But y'all have heard, if you ever listened to the Middleman Talk Show before, you've heard me say this before. If you want to attack a people in war, you want to attack a people, the first thing you attack is the women and the children. And that's why they're going after our women first. The thing is, our women have to allow us to be the protectors that we are. And some of us, we step up and be that. There's a situation, I forgot the incident, but there's a sister that was threatened by her neighbors. Uh, A bunch of uh, gun-armed black men went up there and patrolled her house for her because they was painting on the door, throwing feces. I mean, doing a lot of homework. Yeah, one of the representatives. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, oh, I mean, yeah. man, in, in this country, uh, just like I see uh, uh, the comedian that got the song, Black Men Don't Cheat, we have to probably take that same narrative like black men protect their women. Because if we let media, and I know you want to get to it, Nick, if we let media portray us as cowards, people that don't care for our women, or we keep doing this, Jen Love to say, our misogynistic ways of our songs, right. I mean, our songs portraying our women as less than, then we're going to continue on with that same type of environment for our women. And we've got to change that. We have I to agree. change. 100%. I'd love to get mm-hmm. input on this particular part. Yeah, and I would say more than the last 10 years, I mean, yeah. throughout time, you know, <laughs> that women it have got, it got worse, though. as less time. No, it hasn't gotten, maybe it's more noticeable, but, it, yeah. you know, it, I don't think it's gotten yeah. worse. I mean, since we've gotten to this country and we've been forced in this patriarchal society, that's how we've been forced right. to live. Um, and, and, you know, I think that a lot of more people are speaking up about it, but I don't necessarily think that it's, it's been a short period of time. But I also think that when we start to teach our boys, I have two boys, you probably can hear one coming from the other door, but, but I, <laughs> that when we start to teach them that how to treat women, how to be gentle, mm-hmm. how to interact mm-hmm. and have the constructive relationships mm-hmm. from the start of friendships. I think that that will trickle down and we'll have better treatment of women throughout the years. Um, and that's how it will go. Um, as far as now, ladies, I just don't, you know, a lot of ladies are standing up and not accepting some of the behavior that they used to accept before. And I think that shows right. a lot about our society. But at the same time, I must say that a lot of times because of post-traumatic stress syndrome, a lot of times the good guys get mixed in with the bad. So don't be so hard 
where you lose the good ones trying to shield yourself from the bad because there are good ones out there mm-hmm. too. Like Thank my you for finally admitting that. I try to give y'all a little compliment, say good ones like my middleman brothers, and, and there he go. There he go, y'all. <laughs> I'm just saying, you always ain't no good man out here. All men are dogs. Uh, but, uh, I ain't okay, never I said that. Y'all go back. <laughs> I, this is the challenge. I will cash out you today $50 if y'all can go back and find a middleman show where Jennifer said all men are dogs. Don't do it. Go ahead and then y'all DM me with the show. Oh, well, y'all, I'm going to have to step away from the show so I can go ahead and go through the archives and get some money. Right, because we got yeah, I'm gonna get some money from the Middleman men are dogs. Middle Find it. Right. Roll it. <laughs> Don't put that out there to our listeners because you're going to end up being broke. Boy, I was about to say, you better, well, only one you better winner. be thankful this I next stimulus check coming one through. Winner. One $50 giveaway. <laughs> one winner. Come on. Oh, man. But, um, you know, one, one thing, you know, like, like we were saying, just all seriousness, our women are precious. They are the future bearer of our future. So, I mean, by any means, I think we need to definitely change the uh, change this perception. I, I think we need to change that dialogue. That should not be a common phrase that our sisters have to say, where they feel as a black man is not protecting them. We should never have that as a comment, ever. But I understand when people, when, when a woman feels like that. I, I do. I truly do. But it should never be a situation where any sister should ever have to feel like that. I see we got another caller. Uh, we're going to bring you, oh, man. This is a blast from the past. I ain't heard from this girl in a long time. What's up, Sam? Y'all might not. Hi. What's going on? All right. That, that's from the early middleman days right here. Go ahead with your comment. How are y'all today? Doing well. I just want, Doing well. I wanted to speak on the topic that y'all were talking about concerning black men protecting black women. And um, I think one of the things that the, that the men did, um, I don't know which one it was, but as soon as uh, one of your one of you all stated something about that, the first thing one of the men said was, but we need our black women to protect us too. That's one of the things that's aggravating about it. It's like some of y'all can't seemingly just keep it focused on black women and be able to listen to us because when we do project, what it is that we need to feel protected, black men have a tendency, and I'm not saying this is a whole, I never speak about, you know, an entire, you know, male, black male race, but I'm saying lots mm-hmm. of them do have problems with that. They're not able to communicate. It's a communication problem. They're not taking right. what we say in the correct, you know, context, and then that stems, you know, and starts to just, you know, I guess like spiral into something altogether different that takes us away from the initial root issues of that. But I think it's still all centered around communication. And we have right. a big miscommunic- miscommunication problem between us. That's what I so, feel is. Now, if, with so, the communication um, gap and, and issue with our people, what, what do you think we need to do? How can we change that narrative that a lot of our sister? I mean, we've been here, Meg the Stallion just had a whole situation I'm not even going to get into, but you you see a lot of sisters out there that truly feel that black men are not protecting them in any capacity. What do we need to do? What do brothers out there that's listening right now, 
need to understand that we need to do to change that narrative? Uh, I can't speak with specificity on it, but what I can say is that from my perspective, and this is just my personal opinion, um, like I said, being able to listen more. And when you listen to what they're saying, when you when y'all ask us about about it, just being able to mm-hmm. accept it and stop making it about y'all. You know, black men have a tendency when you when you tell them something about us, y'all kind of take it and want to flip it around and then see this trying to turn this. We're attacking y'all instead of just accepting it as constructive criticism. And a lot of black men have a problem with accepting constructive criticism coming from black women. But they can easier take it coming from other races or the next man. They'll talk to their men. They talk about women. Y'all was, you know, talk about women talking with their female friends. And you do. I mean, that's something that you discuss things with. But some men are not as open with their own women that they deal with, their wives and people they've had spent years with, as they are with their homeboys and partners. They're telling them what's really bothering them. But you have to be able to open up. A lot of black men see it as a weakness, as in, you know, expressing some of their inner fears or you know, it doesn't even have to be a fear, but just, you know, something that they mm-hmm. may be cautious of, you know, reluctant to talk about. We want to hear those things because that's what's going to enable us to be able to open up, to, to, to be able to even come to that point of being able to feel protected by y'all. That's my personal opinion. I agree. Um, that, that's that's yeah. almost like trying to tell to the our children the truth. Yeah. yeah. That's what, you like I was saying earlier, it's kind of that yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Well, I think the, that's right. I think another right. fair point, you know, with that too, you know, not, you know, not, not all guys are like that, but you know, some are, you know, to the standpoint of I have to be hard, right? I can't show my emotions. I have to be this strong protector, and so I think you know some some black men don't communicate because of that, or it also could be you know due to upbringing, you know, like we talked about earlier in the show, where you know the like the whole comment of. Um, children were meant to be, you know, seen, not heard. And so some may have grew up in a household where, you know, they couldn't speak or couldn't express themselves. So there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. along with that as well, too. But I agree with what, you know, Sam was saying. I agree with that. Okay. Anything you want to add to that, that Sam? <laughs> no, that's it. I just appreciate y'all letting me comment. Oh, we love it. Appreciate we love it. You. Appreciate you because, uh, yeah, we're going to get on Al after the show. Hopefully, we'll make it look bad. <laughs> what? What? All right. Appreciate Somebody that. Had to Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Um, I think I want to say, uh, uh, Ms. Robert, uh, I think they have a comment also. Let's go ahead and bring them back in. John okay. and uh, Ms. Robbie. Yeah, y'all live? Did y'all have a comment? No, we still have. Yeah, we got a plenty of comments. Uh oh, what we did. Here we go. All right. Here's the thing and well, hold on. My wife <laughs> now 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 you see why I wanna leave now. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I wanna hear what she gotta say. I'm ready. We ready. See the thing I'm is, is that trouble, Al. <laughs> is that Well, I'm thinking along the lines that you know, you we have to go back to what the original intent and purpose of man and woman was. And I know mm-hmm. there's going to be stuff that's going to be saying, oh, here come a Bible sample. But no, it's not even about that. It's about what were our roles. The man's role was to provide and protect. That's what we do. That's our responsibility. 
Now, when it comes to expressing our emotions and, and expressing how we feel, that's going to come along too. It's just going to take the right person or the right woman to pull that out of a man. Mm. So if you, if, if you want that man to, to, to open his heart to you, all right, one, you, you need to be ready to receive it because there's going to be a whole bunch of emotional stuff that's going to come out that I don't know if, if you got the wrong woman, she's going to receive it the wrong way. And she's going to treat it, uh, treat that information as if it's some type of poison, which is okay, because that, all that means is that that woman wasn't meant for you, or that man wasn't meant for you. Well, in, in reverse of that is, is that if you find the right woman and 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 you express those emotions and you you, you are able to open up to her, that's just going to open the lines of communication between you two that much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could be vulnerable with this person, and she could be vulnerable with me, and we can go ahead and, and freely exchange our emotions and our thoughts to make this communication, this line of communication, better. No, but that don't happen all, uh, all the time. And it, to be honest, but, it's a whole nother show. But see, but see, and that's what we need to grow to, right? We need to grow to the standpoint of we're able to communicate with each other about our thoughts, about how we feel about certain things. And hopefully, like you said, the person that we're talking to is the person at the right time that needs to receive that. Um, and hopefully they give you something back from that conversation. But we want to be able to make sure that, like, there's a... Um, I guess you would say like your thoughts and your feelings are validated too, right? Like they're listening and they're understanding. And so maybe sometimes, you know, when that, you know, those conversations occur, that person may not get what they are looking for from that conversation and could shut down again. But we definitely need to make sure that, you know, communication is something that we work on as a people in general. And so, um, um, we got another caller that wants to come in. Let's, move, let's go ahead and bring in uh, Cleon as well. All right. You, you're live with the middleman. What's going on, Kevin and, and, and crew? Hey, what's going this on? Cleon from yes, the sir. PHO show. How you doing? I was listening to you tonight. And, man. Oh, man. We appreciate Great topics. That. Great topics. Great topics. Uh, comment I have is it, it truly starts at a young man being in his mom's and his in his father's house. See a man you, you can tell a man that's brought up by both family by mom and dad because they act differently for the most part. A lot of times we really take that for granted that um, the men don't have to be in the house. This is on the woman's side. A man don't have to be there well I'm not gonna say all women think like that, but a lot of them do. But when a man actually becomes a man, he's learned he learns how to take care of his home by his father and his mother. He sees how his father treats his mother, then he acts the same, and vice versa for a woman. So if we're not doing it from young age or from a stable home, of course when a man gets grown, he's not going to understand how to take care of his family. He's going to treat it like he was brought up before. So a lot of times women, when you're saying that, or a lot of times the women are fighting with a the boyfriend or the, the father, the young mm-hmm. men see that. And so that's the type of relationship yeah. that they grew up to have. 
So right. let's understand, this is way before they become adults. Mothers, you have to show your son how to treat a woman, just like a father has to treat his, show his daughter how to care for a man. And until That's you true. start doing that, we're going to continue to have these issues as uh, bad men and bad women. Because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of women that don't, don't know how to treat a man. You know, they get good men and they feel like they suck us because, you know, they, they do talk to them and they do care about them. They do give them the difference than the, the dude that's on the block. You know what I mean? So we got to understand, what do you want? Do you want a man that's going to sit down and bear his heart to you? Because sometimes we can't, well, our women can't handle that. Mm. I, I hear a lot of quiet and crickets, crickets over there with Jen. Jen, I know she got some. I know she ain't going to just sit back. <laughs> Come on, Jen. Come on, you with somebody that can talk with you tonight. Come on. on let, let, let me say something on this, though. Let me say something on this. Um, I get where you can see the correlation, but what I will say, especially as a man who did grow up, um, without his father in the home That's not always the case Just like it's not no, always it's not. the case That a person that grows up with both parents in a home Knows how to be a man And I think if we no. keep putting a blanket If we keep putting a blanket statement on people That we can't Address the nuance And individual actions that go on There are plenty of people that come up With both parents in the household And that man still can't be a man And that woman still don't know how to take care of a man and there's plenty of people that come from a single because generation. you can see from examples of, okay, this is what I did not grow up with, and so this is what I will make sure that my children do grow up with. Or this is what happened mm-hmm. to me, so I will make sure that my children don't go through that. And so right. I, I don't I, I don't want us to get to a point where we start to think where, because I, I, I get where you're coming from, but on the same token, that's not always the catalyst for how someone acts as a grown man. Or a grown woman And I can say I'm a proud example of that But I will say to your point I had a lot of mentors growing up And I had a lot of people in my life That did show Because you do have to have that male and female presence Growing up Mm -hmm. So I agree with you from that standpoint But it's not always about Whether it's a single parent home or a two parent home No, no, no And don't get me wrong I, I, I get that clearly what I'm saying is that that coming from the youth is where you implant it. Now, true, there are people that come through single family. Like my mom and father was never married, but my father always stayed in my life. You know what I'm saying? So I get that part. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. to you is such as my wife, my wife family, they deal with issues totally different. They family was together. Their mom and dad was together. And, yeah, you have some families that are in turmoil. They don't want to be together, and the father out doing everything he want to do, the mother doing what she want to do. Of course, they're not going to come right. They're arguing all the time. Boy, that's what I'm saying. When those families right. come together, they have to watch out what type of what type of seeds they're planting, and what and, and you'll see the fruit. You know what I mean? So if that's you're correct. planting some argumentative seeds, well, I don't give a damn seeds in your house. Of course, your son or your daughter is going to come out with. It. I always say this, and I'm gonna leave on this note. I tell my sons like this. If you look at a woman's mother, 80% of the time, that's who she's going to be. And if you know that you can't get along with the mother, then 80%, I ain't going to say 100, but 80% of the time, the daughter is going to be somewhere in in, in in that wave, acting the same way. And so is it with a man. If you see, if a woman see a man's father and he ain't about, about nothing, 
kind of think about it, hey, he got, you know, he got them genes. It's all generational. I want you to understand that. You may say no or yes, but it's all generational. So his father may not have done it, but it goes back generations and generations and generations. We do appreciate that comment. I'm glad you called in tonight, too. I see Jen probably got a little tired up over there, so. Yeah, uh, I hopefully did, but we I, I have something early. to say. I have something oh, to say. But, you, you know, it, it, <laughs> I think that it's upon on. us to break generational chains, and we can't That's use right. them as an excuse. You know, if no. you see that, you know, someone may have grown up with a bad father, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to inherit the bad father gene. Um, it's up try to, to change the teacher, them. the mother, this up to the, the family members, the village. Um, we have to, in, in order, like communication, we're talking about families and, and relationships. It's up to us right. to build villages, to, to fill in the gaps um, when someone else falls. And through those gaps, we create great, great people. And I don't think that we can rely on genes or, you know, because there's lots of people I know that didn't have the best fathers or the best mothers, and they turn out to be great fathers or great mothers themselves. And it's us, it's up to us as a community to support those people so we can fill in the gaps and we can have greater people. I know earlier we were saying, you know, we can't say anything to children, still say something to them. Um, I see young men and women acting incorrectly. I say something to them, you know, who gets mad, be damned. Because, you know, I am a village. These people, these children are a part of my village. And as each one of us take a stand in the village and our relationships and the people that we encounter, the better that we'll be as a society. I agree. All right. I agree. Mr. Brother, you have any comments, brother? Yeah. Okay, okay, I appreciate it. And uh, All right, you also, y'all, and, um, you know, I'm going to drop a plug. Y'all can drop in on us and listen to us on the PHO show also. Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We all, we, we back and we live. And, hey, I appreciate everything that y'all do. I listen in on, uh, on, on the, you know, I may not get it on Sunday, but like I told Brother Gordon, we've been list- I've been listening in on him, and it's just great. I love what y'all do. Chop it appreciate up. I'll holler later, bro. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. So, um, if we can briefly just talk about the financial aspects of, you know, unification. Uh, Al, I know mm-hmm. you brought this question up. Do you want to kind of briefly give us uh, a little insight on what your thought right. process was with this one? Right. So we know that you know we are behind the ball as far as the people in regards to generational wealth, right? But how can we ensure the finances that we have currently? generate wealth like what are things in which we can do now I know we had you know so you know previously before um, in regards to building wealth um, but with the current wealth that we have well the current finances that you know our people have what can we do to build that or build generational wealth Um, and I'm going to briefly say this because I know Nick probably got a little bit to add to it but the biggest thing is education we need financial Mm -hmm. literacy um, because if if the number one thing, well, number the one, one of the top reasons why a lot of people get divorces and relationships don't work out is finances, due to finances. Finances. So mm-hmm. the more literacy that we have on finances, I think that would help out a lot of the relationships that we have, be it with our family or with that significant other Correct. or your partner. 
So if we don't have that proper education, that leads to what we're dealing with now, a lot of us not knowing. I 100% agree. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a couple of things. We have to look generational. Look, the, the system that has has been set up to oppress us <clears throat> for the last 401 years has been a system that wasn't just about me, me, me in the moment. The, these were policy mm-hmm. procedures, financial decisions that were set to include the generations that follow things that happened long, long after that particular person was gone. And the only way to combat that is to think the same way. We have to think generation, generation by generation. We have to think in terms of life insurance. We have to think in terms of, uh, of, of, of financial planning. We have to think in terms of starting and being real with our children about finances from the beginning. And, I, and it, it harkens me back to this young lady that I was talking with on Facebook where she was saying that, you know, her daughter was being bullied at school because, you know, they, they talked about her living in a trailer. And, you know, I asked her, I said, well, is that something that you're ashamed about? She's like, well, I don't know if I'm ashamed about it. I said, well, let me ask you this. Is your trailer paid for? Yes, my trailer is paid for. Okay, you need to emphasize to that young lady that that is paid for. That is something that can be passed down. That is an asset that can be passed down. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think because the people that are talking mess about you are the ones that are living in apartments. They'll never have any equity in. You know, we have to right. be real with our kids, and we can't just we can't always be Superman and Superwoman. We got to be real with our kids because, as Jen said earlier, you know, when they grow up, it's you know they see. Look, we're all adults mm-hmm. in the same rat race. We're just a little bit further ahead, but we're all adults in the same rat race. That's true. I agree. Um, you know, <clears throat> I definitely want to ask this next question as far as in relation to the next generation. Um, what can we do to show that you know having a relationship between a black man and woman is is worth maintaining for a healthy relationship, and that's not in regards to you know them dating this this could be you know having a good relationship with your aunt having a good relationship with the peer at school um to make sure that we are building a community that is uh that will be here for our you know future generations like what can we do to show our next generation that I think the biggest thing that you've heard on numerous occasions tonight, communication. Mm-hmm. We should not lose that factor of communication. If we don't know how to talk to each other, we can't talk right. to each other. We can't grow. We can't do anything. You can't save nobody if you don't know they need to be saved. You know what I'm saying? So if we don't learn how to properly communicate, that's going to be one of our downfalls. Uh, if, if we if we want our community to be healthy, grow, mm-hmm. our children as we all want, need to be better than us. To be better than us is to do things better than what we've done. And for the mistakes that we've made, we need to incorporate things in their lives that will help them become better people. Right. That's my take. Um, I want to build on that as far as, you know, one thing that I said earlier is the utilization of the word support. We have to support each other. Um, We have to support each other's endeavors and make sure that if we are providing a service to our people, make sure we are providing good service so the support can continue. But we definitely have to support our own. It's, it's the whole, um, you know, the mentality of like the like the mixtape mentality. Like I won't buy your mixtape because you ain't famous, you know. But I'm gonna go and support somebody else who's in the store. 
you know, because their stuff, their product is in the store. We need to support our own as well, too. No, definitely. So, we got another caller that want to call in. Nick, you got any last words, bro? Uh, I, I, I did. We were, but we're vastly running out of time because there's a big yeah, media component gonna... to all of this. That, uh, as a matter of fact, you know what I think I am going to do. I, I, I want to say, and this is something that we'll be able to see later when we launch it. Uh, I'm actually going to take a little bit of time after the show to, to kind of deconstruct um, how the media plays a part in it. And I'm actually going to load that into the Middleman Patreon page. And uh, and, and once we launch that, people will be able to go in and and, uh, take a look and and just kind of really get a a deep dive into how the media has kind of systematically broken down black households um, for decades. Hey, hey guys. uh, We do have one last caller, one of our good friends, Gerard, out of Starksville. Uh, he had a comment, Gerard. We got less than a minute. Hey, uh, I just I just wanted to kind of chime in and, uh, and piggyback on the finances part as far as black families. And it go and, and, mm-hmm. and my comment goes a little bit deeper than just a man and a woman because I DJ a lot of events and I DJ a family reunion one time and I was extremely impressed with the family. I, I won't name the family, but they run their family like a family business. I'm gonna just say for the sake of the conversation, the Joneses. They had a family crest. They have a family board of directors. They own grocery stores, rental properties. All you know, mm, I mean, they right. run their family like a a real family business. And I was extremely impressed because I have never seen that done before. They had a family crest, a shield, everything about the structure of the family and how they do things, and different people in the family run uh, uh, different uh, areas of the finances in the family for investing, uh, 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 for the business managing, business aspect of everything. So it can be done. I've seen it done before. Right. That's what's up. That's real right there, man. That's that's. The brother said he had an optimistic comment for us, and I agree with him, man. It would be lovely to see more of our families to be structured in a fashion where done. we can grow mm-hmm. and build. Yes. The thing is, man, we done. have to be taught that. We have to be yep. taught that, man. Gerard, man, we appreciate you for that that beautiful, inspiring comment. Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. Always good to hear from y'all. Appreciate you, bro. Always good to hear from you, man. Call in earlier next time, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, um, man, we have come to the end of this show today, man. I think we had a great comment, great comments from all of our callers from Florida, Arizona, Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. all over this planet, man. Uh, So we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh, I think I did. I just do that to myself. Thank you. I appreciate you for messing with my board. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you You guys. (laughs) Yeah, that was you. No, that was you. Remember you told me to touch the board again? Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Nick, that was you then. Uh, we do appreciate each and every one of y'all out there for, uh, you know, sticking with us. And, and we definitely want to bring a informative <laughs> show, a, a positive show for you guys, and uh, something that you and your family can share and listen to. So, <laughs> yes, every time you tune in with us, and Nick, tell them what you always tell us, man. What, what would they need to do, Nick? Well, first, if you guys aren't a member of the Middleman Facebook group, please head on over to facebook.com slash group slash We Are the Middleman or just type in the Middleman uh, talk show 
uh, on Facebook. Join the discussion. We have discussions that go far beyond what we do on the show. We're talking all throughout the week. Also, if you have not already, please like and subscribe to wherever your favorite podcast platform is so you can go back and listen to all the shows. And above all else, Please support black media. These conversations are not Ooh. had on places like CNN, MSNBC, even your local uh, media stations. So please support black media. And I always give a podcast, uh, but this week I want to do something different. Uh, this week I want to spotlight the Cine app. The Cine app is a social networking app. And if you had to, if you had to compare it to anything, I would say it's a mixture of uh, Instagram and TikTok. But it's a black-owned platform, spelled C-I-N-I, available on your uh, Google Play Store or your Apple Store. Uh, it is free to download. Okay. Uh, it, it's a lot of good conversations and video content going on over there. The Middleman will be launching a, a Middleman Cine page as well, so please look out for that. But support black media. Please support black media. That's one of the biggest things about it. We do not support the platforms that we control, mm-hmm. and we support the platforms that we do That's not control. Great. So let's change the narrative. Let's change everything about it and support our own. I agree. Oh, definitely. Hey. Let them know what it is, Al. Hey, thank you for taking an hour and a half today. out your day to listen to the Middleman Talk Show. We had a great discussion on the unity between the black man and woman. The time is now. Definitely replay this show, share it with a friend, if you have any comments or questions, email us at wearethemiddleman at gmail.com. We'll definitely get to those. Or hit us up on Facebook. Definitely appreciate y'all. We out. Hey, uh, one last thing. Now, before we out now, we, not, we, we out, yeah. but we out. Um, if you would like to uh, get with the middleman as far as uh, promoting your business, uh, hit us up at oh, wearethemiddleman at gmail.com. Uh, we definitely would like Thank to. Uh, we do have spots on our show that we'd like to. If you got a commercial, a one-minute commercial, or uh, whatever the case may be, we do have those slots available for you guys. Uh, hit us up for pricing. Uh, Nick is the one that's over all of that. So um, hit us up. We are the middleman at gmail.com. And matter of fact, here's one of our uh, persons right here. Check this out. Grinding Entertainment Studios is a new, exclusive, state-of-the-art recording studio for all your recording needs. Grinding ENT Studios is a safe and secure recording studio conveniently located in Ellenwood, Georgia. No project is too big or too small for our full-service recording studio. We offer specialized services in recording, production, and certified engineering mixing and mastering for all genres of music, as well as spoken word, voiceovers, and scoring for TV and motion pictures at hourly rates and block sessions. Visit us on all social media platforms at Grinding ENT Studio. And for more information and to book an appointment, please email us at grindingentstudio at gmail.com. That's G-R-I-N-D-I-N-E-N-T studio at gmail.com. All right, Nick, you ain't got to beat me up this week. And, uh, hey, that could be you. Make sure you hit us up yeah. and uh, Nick will get with you with pricing. So holler back. And this time we are truly I guess we are. went over today. Yeah. What, huh? But it's all good though. Okay. <laughs> yeah.